0: Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast with Jess Connolly and Kenesha Bikes. Today, we're talking to one of our friends, a woman who runs on mission. We are praying this conversation leaves you fired up and ready to go right where you're at. We're super thankful for you. Let's go.
1: Tony Collier. Am I saying your name right? You are saying my name right, girl. You got it. Collier. Collier. You're in Atlanta, right? ATL baby but I'm from Texas though don't get it twisted so before you say all of those things I think we should learn a little bit about you can you tell us about your life your family who you are who is Tony Collier yeah
2: who is Tony Collier
1: man okay so currently I
2: live in Atlanta Georgia it is what it is okay but I am from Texas Houston Texas baby H-Town the realist (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just gonna leave it right there. Best state in the world. Okay, just kidding. I've been in Atlanta for like 11 years, so really I need to claim it. I live here with my my husband Sam Collier. We are church planners now. We're at Hillsong Atlanta, which is just crazy to say out loud. Still, we have a six year old strong will blessing mm-hmm. who is crazy. Her name I like is the Dylan. Way you said that. She, yeah. yeah, Because you have to have a little hope in the midst of pain. Okay, guys. <laughs> <gosh. laughs> Hello. <laughs> She's a little wild, but we love her very much. And I have a, a, a cool women's ministry that I get to be a part of called Broken Crayons. It's this whole idea of God still just using you in the middle of mess and all mm-hmm. your valley moments. And I have an incredible team of six women. They're just so dope, man. And we just get to help women like do the hard work of healing and wholeness. And that all comes from my childhood, and trauma, and pain, and abuse, and church hurt, and manipulation, and all the things,
0: and, you know, wanting to use your story for glory, you know? I want to jump right into the church stuff, because this is a wild time to lead a church in general. My husband and I lead a church here in Charleston. Kanisha's a church girl. Brenna, our producer, is a church girl. We love church. We're church girls. This is, in general, a wild time to lead church, but the thing I want to ask you is as a woman who has experienced church hurt, because I'm with you in Jesus name. My favorite is when people talk to pastors like they don't know about church hurt. And I'm like, number one, I got into this thing to change the game, which means I experienced the angst of it. Number two, there's one of me and a lot of you. So how many of you do you me? I'm just saying we don't need to talk about it. But like, how many of you have gotten emails about how somebody didn't like what you wore to church? <laughs> That's not a normative experience for most people who attend. So it goes both ways. Sheep bite. So I just want to hear about what was the story. What's the transition from like I've experienced it to I'm gonna change it? Well, I think first and foremost, and this may be a bad analogy, but we're just gonna run with it, okay, girls. <laughs>
2: When I think about dating, okay, and all the ratchet experiences that I have had, we're just going to go right into it, okay? Mm. From being cheated on in high school to being lied on, dumped, and being with all these guys. Let me just tell you something. None of that stopped me from dating again, okay? I was still twerking in the club, still half naked. Okay, can we just be (laughs) honest? Still sliding up in DMs, still trying to be cute, rolling my shorts up, okay? Still pursuing all of these relationships. Do you really think, for me at least, I'm going to give up on the church, the hope for humanity, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the antidote to society's ills, because I've been hurt a little bit,
0: okay? No. Right. (laughs) Right. I just had to throw a pillow <laughs> so that was so I just,
2: good. I'm here for it. Like I'm here for the gritty ministry. I'm here for saying, yeah, I've been hurt, but I'm not knocked down. And if anything, I think hurt people, and this may be controversial, hurt people that become healed and whole again are some of the best leaders because we know what to That's look out so for. We know what not to do. And if we've really done the hard work of healing, We know how to walk other people through their healing journey and get them on the other side to hope. And I just, I mean, that's what we pray for with our church, man. A whole bunch of people in our church, because of the post-Christian society we're moving into, come from church hurt. Like we all hurt out here, right? but we always tell our teams, man, we're not going to lead from a place of pain. We're going to get on the other side and we're going to lead from a place of authenticity and wholeness and redemption. Because that's the fun part, you know, when you get to redeem your story for that. So it's been good.
1: We feel great. (laughs) We're excited, man. That's good. You are a person who literally exudes and like explodes with obvious energy and just enthusiasm. Like I am sitting here as a person who I thought that I was really energetic and you are (laughs) like... (laughs) But it's so motivating and encouraging and just changes like the whole atmosphere. I mean, you came on this call and you were just like, hey, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, I love the energy. So I think in thinking about that, yeah, like what does a day for you even look like? You know, because you wear so many hats, you have broken crayons, you are lead pastors at a church. You know, we're about mission here and speaking life into people who are on mission. What would you say to people who are, kind of in the throes of it all, right? And trying to find whatever that energy for them looks like, like, specifically, I'll be very pointed. What is your motivation? What keeps you going? Mm. I mean, outside of God, you know, like we're all here on the same, right? But like, what is your motivation? No, that's really great. I think
2: one of the most, I don't know, practical tools that I ever learned probably like 10 years ago now, and I'll never forget it, man, is one of my friends said to me, she's like, tell me, As you get older, you will learn to break up with balance and marry priorities. Wow. And I took that to heart, man. And what that means for me in my life is I was just trying to balance everything. I'm a three on the Enneagram. I'm an achiever. My weakness is (laughs) people-pleasing and insecurity. And I want to do all the things all the time. And I think there was a point in my life, maybe just with age, where I said, there are some purposeful priority things that God has placed in my life. And I really do not want to leave this earth saying this, not that I didn't try because I'm a run. Like I'm just mm-hmm. I'm a natural runner. I am going to execute. I'm going to do it. But I don't want to leave this earth executing the things that I I wasn't called to execute.
1: Wow. I wasn't
2: called and purposed for. And mm. and that's been the shift for me. I, my motivation is executing the things that God has for me, period. Because it's in that specified place mm-hmm. where grace comes and favor comes mm. and stupid, crazy miracles and connections yeah. and weird stuff happens. And I think also in that place... It's a sense of peace that surpasses all understanding. Like people always say, Tony, how how can you do all these things? How can you wear this many hats? I'm in my grace zone, girls. Like I'm in my grace zone. The Lord has purposed me and called me into these spaces. I've had to say no to the good things so that I can pursue the great things, but it's in that space that I get refueled. It's like an oasis. I love doing these wow, things. I, I love, love, love doing yeah. what I'm called to yeah. do. So yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay, follow-up okay, question to that, on. because I love that answer. So good. Follow-up is, what's not in your grace zone? I'm going like, to tell you. I, I kids
2: ministry, number one. I don't like them little kids. I don't. I can't do it. I'm trying to tell stories. I'm over here. Then I'm, I'm like, I'm a disciplinarian, okay? I'm telling little babies to be quiet while I put them in out during the Moses story. I mean, I just can't focus. I can't, I feel weird and I just don't like it. All right. So I'm not graced for that. And I tried it. I had a discovery season, which we should all go through our discovery seasons. (laughs) And I discovered that I'm not called for kids ministry. Okay. That's that's double black. Number two, and this is going to be controversial, racial reconciliation. And let me tell you this, there is a misconception. And this is my opinion that every black person, every minority person is supposed to be well-versed and purposed and called for racial reconciliation work. Well, I think that is a bias, okay? Yeah, yeah. There are people, respected people, that have dedicated their lives to racial reconciliation. From yes. Martin Luther King Jr. to his youngest daughter, Dr. Bernice King. From Tasha Morrison to, I mean, we could, Austin Channing Brown. We could just go on and on and on and on. And here's the deal, they're in their gray zone. But when I get on a podcast and somebody asked me, What would you say to the church about racial reconciliation? Since I would say to go and hire someone who is called for racial reconciliation because I'm going to do your church and all the people that you want to learn about racial reconciliation a disadvantage. I'm going to do a disservice to you guys because there are, dang it, there are. (laughs) history lessons yeah. and words and definitions that I just personally do not know and have to have to do my own work on with studying and be able to explain it to my daughter and her friends, etc. Yeah. But I'm not graced for that. And that's okay. That'll make me less black. right? You know, it doesn't make the pain different or right. less, yeah. but it does say, man, God's graced us for things. And we just got to, we got to be in those zones and point people to those people so that we don't
1: be out here looking crazy. Yeah. So those are two things I would say. (laughs) I love that so much. I just happened to catch your talk this morning, your prayer, Mm -hmm. your post, your IGTV. (gasps) Yes. Yes. What do we call that? I'm so Jen. Oh, the IGTV girl? Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) 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 That, yeah, that thing, that recorded thing on Instagram. But it was so powerful. And you did. You talked a lot about Church Hurt, actually. It was the center of it. And you also obviously talked about prayer and you actually prayed, you know, I'm walking through my own journey, I think as well with church, even right now in my relationship with God and questioning a lot of things, even, and and what that looks like. And so moments like that, those are really special to me. So I wanted to, first of all, say thank you. Thank you for 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 broaching these topics and talking about the hard things. And I do see that. I don't know you super well. I'm loving getting to get to know you a little bit better today. But I just want to thank you for stepping into your calling and being on mission. But I did want to say, specifically with your talk this morning or your prayer, it does seem like prayer is a really big thing, if you will, for you very key to who you are, right? So, I want to talk about that a little bit because I think that I've had a really strange relationship with prayer myself. I came into Christianity at birth essentially, right? And from the south from Alabama you know we are born (laughs) we are born this way I was born this way right (laughs) but you know there are lots of things that come along with that you know and I've had to like walk out my journey if you will with my relationship with God but prayer specifically has been one of those areas where I've grown and so I would love for you to share kind of why prayer as far as your mission is concerned you know how has prayer even played a part in you continuing to grow and recognize what you do and what your calling is.
2: That's such a good question, man. And, you know, contrary to you, like, I didn't grow up in church like that. I grew up Catholic, barely paying attention, being all loud and crazy because my mom was one of the teachers. So I was like, I ain't got to do this. (laughs) And so I, you know, went off the deep end. I wasn't even worried about faith for a long time, up until I was 21, which is only nine years ago, or however old I am eight, I can't add. Here we go. So honestly, prayer hasn't been a part of my life long term. And when I did start praying, it was very performative, if I'm going to be honest. You know, I was like, I was a girl like in the circle or the ministries training. I was like, I'm about to kill this prayer. I said, don't don't let them call on me because I'm about to spit some scripture out. I'm about to kill it, bro. (laughs) And I had a very like, religious and outward relationship with god unfortunately due to my first church experience that was not a good one it was all about performance and showing up and who can be the most saved and i got told things like you sound like a broadcaster so you don't have any anointing mm. like etc 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 well i think maybe it was like three or four years ago well it was five years ago when i had a complete breakdown abusive marriage it's a horrible church experience. I you know, was walking through a divorce, had a little girl, didn't know what my next steps looked like, told the church I needed a break so that I could heal, completely got disowned. Oh, you're disconnected from our mission and vision. I cut off by the pastor. And it was literally in that moment where I was like, bro, I don't have a prayer life. I have been so dependent on the Sunday to Sunday and this pastor that I don't really even know how to talk to God. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to get into those deep spaces. And so I ended up going Mm -hmm. on a spiritual encounter and sat in some just like awkward moments where they were like, you got two hours where you can't talk to anybody. You got to go be with God. Mm. And I'm like, what? Like, that is crazy. I like to talk. Okay. I'm trying. And I was the one that was like mouthing things at the spiritual encounter to other people, like getting in trouble and stuff like that. But (laughs) it is what it is. I just was, but it was in that quiet place that I realized Prayer is more than just the scripture quoting God hear me out. It's the quiet places, man. It's the impressions on your heart, bro. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that literally nothing in this entire earth can replace. It just it just can't do it. It's the quiet places with God. And so it became a big deal to me for that because I wanted other people to understand that prayer is powerful that it still works that even someone like me who barely has a lot of church experience can be bold enough to get on freaking IG and pray some of my most you know intimate prayers yeah. and just call the name of Jesus because yes. I ain't got it okay yeah. I don't have the answers um and it's and it's the asking and the commissioning of God to come and step in and intercede man because we just don't have it mm-hmm. he is the only way for me at least so it's been super cool man
0: I don't have oh the best God. prayers, but shoot, they be intimate. So <laughs> I love that good. so they much. <laughs> so good. Okay, so here's what I want to ask. In this new season, you've been leaning Broken mm. Crayons. You guys are stepping into Hillsong. What is difficult? What feels sticky? What feels hard? And how is God meeting you in that?
2: I wake up every day, and I'm, I probably may, maybe cry a little bit here. I wake up every day. I'm like, Lord, please don't let me mess this up. Mm. Like, mm. please don't let me mess it up. I'm so flawed, like so completely broken. I have been through so much abuse and trauma, messy story, hurt people, hurt people. We know this. I have to watch my back every day. I have to question friends and people that are messaging and coming into Mm. my life. I have to be so protective over my heart and my soul. This is the first time I've ever talked about this, but I've been walking through these book deals And there have been opportunities that I've had to turn down, not because they're not good opportunities, but because it it tings on something in me that could come off as pride. It tings upon my weakness. Mm. I have to be so intentional with that. I battle with pride. I always have. I'm a three. I want to win. I want to win. All right. And, Mm. And sometimes... The shadow side of the gifting of achievement is pride and is of doing whatever it takes, good or bad, to win. And so in this season, what's hard is to keep boundaries and guardrails in place. This pastoral thing, this having a platform thing, like... If you are not actively working to not be on a pedestal and not be prideful and not be consumed to these things of this world, then, sis, I don't know what you're doing. Because it is real out here. People want to idolize you. Yes. And so every day, I'm like, Lord, please don't let me mess this up. Don't let me become greater than you. I tell my teams all the time, if it's one thing we won't do, it's get ahead of God. We're going to do things on his time. We're only going to move in unity. We're only going to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. Period. Mm -hmm. And if that's a no to a publisher or an opportunity, then freaking so be it, bro. But I'm like scared out here, okay? We have seen leaders and pastors fall. Like, what are y'all talking about? It is crazy out here in the spiritual world. So I be nervous all the time. I'm like, somebody check me, fire me. If I need to be fired, let me go, please, okay? So yeah, it's been a constant, it's a battle, man. Period.
0: It's so real. And what you just said is so important. I want to like say it so clearly over and over and over again for as many people as we can tell. If you are not divesting and actively taking off the affirmation of other people, once you have a platform, you are not going to make it.
2: 100%.
0: (laughs) We're all convinced, I think, especially women in ministry especially women on mission, you look at online and you think like yep. the goal is get more affirmation, get more likes, get more followers, get mm-hmm. more money, get a better book deal, get this, get that, get that. And then we're out here telling you like, do you want to feel like you're on a tightrope mm-hmm. all day? Because the higher your pedestal, the more you live on top of that, like the farther you are going to fall. So there is an active process of looking at everyone and saying like, I need Jesus too. Do you? Did you just hear me say, I need Jesus too? I hope you heard me say that because I just told you, don't be shocked. Yeah. Don't be surprised. I'm telling you, I need God. Like, also, I'm going to tell you that no, I can't talk on the phone right now because I need God and I need to go talk to God. I also can't be relied on all the time because I need God.
1: Yeah, like we're not self deprecating, but we're saying we're making much of God, not ourselves, right? And you have to work towards it. Yeah.
2: Like, if there's anything I think we've learned this past year or maybe two, it is that you can. Actually, be consumed Mm. by the world. Like, actually. Like, it can happen. You can find yourself in a spiral where everything in this world, every flashy thing, good, bad, ugly, everything in between can consume. And it will. And it will. It is powerful for real. Not more powerful than God, though. Don't get it twisted now. But it's powerful.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Okay. As things are growing, as they're on the ascent, and you're putting in these boundaries, you're putting in these guardrails, which I love. Are there certain things you're finding like, hey, I need to check in with this person. I need this rhythm in my life. I need to confess in this. Like, what are some of the things that you're finding? You're like, it's this, it's this one. The first thing was I, again, one thing I never want
2: to, I want people to hear this very clearly. When you have been through trauma and abuse, it's just scars, not wounds, You want to get to scarred places so that you can get out of the wounded places. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But I will always carry these scars. Mm. I have to check in with my scars. And I hate it. Because it's Mm -hmm. really me Mm -hmm. saying, freak, like, I'm flawed. And I've gone through a whole bunch of counseling and trauma training. But at the end of the day, I have to check in with my scars. One of the scars I realized recently was that I didn't have any real, like, wise accountability. So my accountability was very, like... Mm. um, very flat. So my team members have the authority to fire me, but what would it look Mm -hmm. like for someone who's years down the line, right? Like has some real, has grown some real authority, biblical authority that can check me. And I didn't, I realized I didn't have it because I was so hurt by it before. And so maybe like two months ago, I said, dang it, I literally have to do it. And seminary actually forced me to do it. So I'm in seminary right now and mm. I have a mentoring, a spiritual formation and mentoring class. And they're like, go get a mentor. And y'all, my pits were sweating. I was like, what? Because when they describe the criteria, it's like someone 10 to 20 years older. I was like, no, 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 no. And I didn't realize that. And so it took me so long. I literally remember reaching out to my spiritual mentor and I was like, Carrie, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't miss five deadlines. I was <laughs> supposed to talk to you three months ago. Okay. <laughs> I just, I started off with that. And I was like, but I couldn't because I was so scared that you were going to hurt me. Like I've been oh. hurt by other leaders in my life. And she affirmed me and she's such an incredible coach. Her name is Carrie Scott Garcia. And she, ha- I mean, she's just.
0: Oh, I love Carrie. You know, Carrie. I know Carrie. I love
2: her. Listen, wow. has just changed my life and holds me the freak accountable. And it is a different kind of thing. It is a motherly thing. She's like, hey, we didn't talk on Monday. I'm like, mm, ah, hey, girl, <laughs> <laughs> what you doing over yeah. here? But that's one of the things I've had to do and put in place recently. You, you got to have not only the accountability of your friends, but the people that have come before you. That's a different kind of thing. And Joe Saxton, she's beat me up a couple times, too.
0: Yeah, that's good. Let's say it really clearly so everybody <laughs> hears what our wise friend is saying. Yeah. I think it's super cool right now to, like, know your weaknesses and to, like, yeah. know your wounds. And we're saying, like, yes, check in on your weaknesses and your wounds uh-huh. so you can repair and you don't repeat. Yeah, you know? On. Like, not protect them. Not say, like, well, I got hurt before, so I'm not going to do that again. Mm, or, like, oh, good. you know, I'm an Enneagram X whatever, so I don't do it this way. It's just what I do. It's just how it feels for me. But instead saying like, oh, here's my proclivity. 100%. Here it is. Holy Spirit, change me. And make that sound while you're doing it. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Friend, you are so wise. We are so grateful to know you. The last thing, how can we be praying for you? How can they go and tell gals? Listener, how can she be fighting for you in prayer? Okay, this is good.
2: Again, people-pleasing is my thing. I have a feeling that in this next season, opportunities are just going to rain down. I'm going to want to say yes to all the things. I want nothing more than to live a life of the things that God has for me, saying yes to those things fearlessly, and then saying no to the stuff that He just does not have. That's going to be a battle for the rest of my life. I want to be there for people. I want to do everything. Um, But I think the prayer is you know god help tony stay focused on the things that you've called her to and say no with grace and not carry around the
0: shame of a no because you don't yeah. have to you don't have to carry that shame tony but that's what i need man so good i keep saying it go and tell girls i want to make a t-shirt that says make no sexy again cuz i think we need to make no as sexy and i don't mean like sensual but i mean like as like exciting as yes yes is so exciting <gasps> yeah. I get to yeah. say no. What? Yeah. And it starts with us hearing other women say no and say like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> say that, girl. So proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for blessing me with that no. Love you, Tony. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yay. Love you. Hey, we love you. Thank you love so y'all. much for joining us today. Hey friends, thanks for joining us today. We pray this conversation encouraged and equipped you. God is mighty in you. We want to encourage you to keep going. If you have not subscribed to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, make sure you do that. We want to make sure that you hear all our new episodes and absolutely please follow along at Go and Tell Gals on Instagram.